Let's talk about Kid 90. Kid 90, not to be confused with mid-90s, the uh, Jonah Hill directorial debut, is actually a documentary, kind of similar subject matter though, directed and produced by Soleil Moon Fry, who a lot of people might recognize more from her famous role as Punky Brewster, the, I think it was like an 80s show, right? I never watched Punky yeah. Brewster, I'm not going to lie. Which uh, they just brought back on Peacock, apparently. Yeah, interesting yeah. How, the timing of that, huh? Yeah, but, uh, I don't think this, it's incidental, but yeah. Yeah, but this is not a Peacock documentary. This actually is showing up on Hulu uh, as of this week, and it was produced by STX Entertainment. So this movie was, uh, like I said, directed and produced by its main subject matter, Soleil Moon Fry, who was a child actor who sort of went through a lot of teenage angst and coming of age in the 1990s. And this documentary is a lot of her compiling footage from her video camera where she filmed a lot of her life and a lot of the lives of like her close friends a lot of people you'll recognize like david arquette uh, brian austin green mark paul gosselar I, I sometimes i call him mark paul gosselier because i think his name is fun um heather mccomb uh, harold hunter justin pierce charlie sheen leonardo DiCaprio. Mark Wahlberg, Corey Feldman, so many recognizable faces in this. And it's a documentary that ultimately is about her experience watching people she was very close to uh, die from drug and alcohol addiction, from her struggling to reconcile her teen idol fame with the expectations put on her for multiple reasons, from her kind of growing up and the fact that she developed um, in, in terms of her anatomy and people objectified her for years about it when she was just a teenager, still a minor, and the sort of steps she took to change that so that she could move on from this era of her life. Ultimately, it's kind of like the documentary version, a little bit of a vanity project, but more of like a somebody doing a profile on themselves. There's a lot in this documentary where she is reading from her diary and talking directly to the subjects. Like it's it's kind of a unique thing about this doc where they're actually talking to her and you know they're talking to her, but you don't see her, right? So like Mark Paul will be like, oh yeah, I remember you went through that thing. And it's like, oh, I can't believe you remember this. And it's kind of like you're a fly on the wall of like some kind of round table almost, but stylized as a documentary. Overall, I think this is definitely an interesting watch, and I, I found myself entertained by it, but also kind of horrified by what these people went through, and I, I got some stuff out of it, but what, what about you? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good overall. I didn't grow up with uh, Punky Brewster, or, yeah, Punky Brewster or any of the uh, other things that uh, Soleil Moon Fry made as a teen and, I guess, early adult, um, so I didn't really Same have here, the nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really have the nostalgia for her... Um, uh, past work but at the same time i think at the heart of this like you said it's it's a tale of like self-reflection it's it's a story about like you know growing up like being forced to kind of grow up before you really should and also having a chance to like look back and kind of grow from your past experiences and you know that is definitely an interesting prospect especially for a documentary and i think like you said like when it started i was kind of groaning because i was like oh this is going to be like very vain this is going to be you know kind of like self-infatuated and i was like i'm not really about that you know especially because i didn't really grow up with her work i was like i don't know if i'm gonna dig this but like i said as it goes along it does actually kind of talk about some more serious stuff and it does have a little bit more reflection i do think it kind of settles into itself and even though it was only you know 71 minutes long or something I, I do think it tackles a lot of stuff with a respectful nuance and some you know some real honest reflection but at the same time i feel like 
the present day interviews oddly feel a bit condensed. I don't know if it's because of the runtime or what, but I just felt like outside of uh, our lead, you know, director and subject, it felt like a lot of the subject matter or a lot of the interviews, I mean, from the other people involved felt really very uh, like honed back. Like it felt like they didn't really get the whole lot to say. And, and what we got were just kind of like bits and pieces of their reflections. Yeah. And, and it felt like kind of like uh, almost kind of like BuzzFeedy or something like it just kind of felt like we got like what we needed. But at the same time, there was more to explore there and it just didn't explore that. And I'm not 100 percent sure why, because like we said, it's only 71 minutes. They could have done some more to reflect on that. But at the same time, this is such a, you know, kind of heart wrenching project. Like I can tell it's a very personal thing for Fry to do. So I don't know if it was just like so overwhelming in that regard that she didn't want to explore that stuff too much. But at the same time, I feel like as a documentary that, that held it back from being good or even great. Yeah, I, I agree. That is a limitation of this. Overall, I do think it works. I do think that it is a very worthwhile thing that is also entertaining. And I think there is stuff here to appreciate, even if, like you, I, I don't have the nostalgia for Punky Brewster. And I think that it really glosses over that part of her life. I was feeling the same sort of thing. I was like, I don't really have like a, an anchor in this. I don't, I don't have like a way in because this is a show that came out before I was born. It was a show that I never watched. It, was, it wasn't really syndicated on anything as far as I remember. I, I don't remember it being Nick at Night or TBS or anything. I don't know why. But yeah, they kind of paint a very rosy picture of that time of her life. And they just kind of jump to, I think, the meat of her experiences as a teenager. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of stuff in there that I thought was interesting, but it's kind of like you said, it, it never really hones in it never focuses on like a complete thought of like, this is what this documentary is. It kind of dabbles, uh, not surface level, but it only goes a little deep on a few things. And particularly with teenage suicide, um, with her friends, she talks a lot about how she saw like a lot of like pain and she wasn't able, she felt like she like some guilt for not being able to help her friends, which really resonated with me. I, I could definitely understand, you know, from personal experience, what that's like. And it doesn't matter if you're famous, if you're a celebrity, like I think, you know, this past week with like the Meghan Markle thing, the Royal interview, people are continue to act as if like having all the money in the world and fame and all this stuff shields you from thoughts of suicide from depression and that's not the case and it's very dangerous and uh, i think foolhardy thinking and it uh, people go through stuff i mean it i don't think uh, these circumstances like being famous or having famous friends in any way gives you some sort of like ticket out of these like really difficult problems it gives you some privileges for sure and you're certainly in a better position than others but i think this documentary kind of wisely handles that she knows that she's fortunate and she knows that she had a lot of like really great uh, advantages because of the lifestyle she was afforded but it doesn't come off like she is like tone deaf I guess is what I'm trying to say and I, f I felt like I had like a real like what I got out of this was like I feel like I connected with the subject of the documentary in a personal way that was only accomplished I think by the way she formatted this I don't think it's as good as it probably should be because I think that as a filmmaker, I, I just don't see like a real stamp here. And, but at the same time, I think that's okay because I think she accomplished something pretty extraordinary here in, in her own right. And so I, I, I find myself having a hard time, like, you know, being like, ah, like frustrated with this documentary, I guess I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy with what we got, even though I can recognize it, it could have been much, much better. Yeah. I think that's pretty on the ball. Um, 
like you're saying, there is this weird thing with celebrities where people feel like this need to be obsessed with them or kind of like know everything about them, but at the same time not be empathetic about them. Not saying that's the case with all fans, but a, a good number of them at least, the, the more vocal ones. And that's something that, in addition to the Meghan Markle interview, we've also seen explored in uh, the Framing Britney Spears documentary and to, I think, yeah. a lesser extent, um, the Billie Eilish thing we talked about a week or so ago. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting topic, something I think we're, we're kind of learning to reckon with, especially with young, like you said, minors that are put into this like pedestal. And, and I think at one point the documentary said like, it's an adult business and there's like, not really like, there shouldn't really be a place for children in this for, you know, very obvious reasons. But like we were saying, I think the, the topics here are good. I, I do think it's at its best when it is exploring that sense of like reflection and grief when it comes to, uh, suicide and depression. I think those are the subject matters that really uh, that really come alive in terms of documentaries, like ex- exploration of them and exploring the uh, the subject and the documentarians' uh, feelings on those matters. I, I think that's really the most interesting and involving and the most humane aspects of the film. In addition to some other subject matters in- involving um, like sexual assault that you know are also yeah. you know very difficult to explore as well, but you know definitely very meaningful as well. So. There's a lot of interesting, compelling material here. I, I think, you know, like we we're saying, I think if you have some nostalgia or like some more uh, prehand knowledge with uh, her work, that this might be a little bit more meaningful. But even on its own terms, I think it's a solid Hulu documentary. I, I'm glad I checked it out overall. I like how specific it is with the era. We talk all the time about how 90s nostalgia is very complicated and it can feel kind of difficult to recognize what. 90s nostalgia really is and a lot of the stuff that's tried to hone in on that hasn't been as successful i think mid 90s was mostly successful and uh, there's there's been things here and there i think everybody sucks the netflix show again I, th- I thought it was an interesting show but for some reason just didn't click with people but then you have something like sex education which isn't even a literal 90s thing it's just sort of like a 90s aesthetic and to me that feels like the future of like understanding what people remember are fond of in that era, the the sort of like transition time where we went from the analog 80s, like the digital light focus of the 80s and moved right into the like internet era, which I think is just a difficult thing for storytellers to find some some ground on. So there, there have been plenty of documentaries, I think, about like child actors. I haven't seen a lot of them. I know Last year, there was one called Showbiz Kids, which we didn't cover on the show. It kind of kind of went over our, our radar. It was an HBO documentary. Did, did you hear about Showbiz Kids? Uh, I don't think so. I, I had never heard of it until I was kind of like looking into it a little bit. I was like, this is interesting. I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely am in, I, I definitely think that there is a need for a documentary that really gets into child acting and how destructive it can be. And like that is fair to it, of course, that like recognizes that not every not every kid who goes through the system like deals with like lifelong traumas. But I think it's fair to say most of them do Um, a a very high number of them do. And we've heard plenty of stories in that regard. But yeah, this gets this gets into like some of the child actors like Mara Wilson, Will Wheaton, uh, Cameron Boyce, who passed away, Evan Rachel Wood. It's supposed to be kind of decent i think I, i'm kind of interested to check it out after seeing this one but yeah again that's a 2020 doc on i think you can watch it on like hbo max there's also something called the hollywood complex which came out like over a decade ago which i was kind of looking into uh, a little bit more of a dated thing but yeah i think that there there are definitely stories to tell about the what hollywood does to kids and the, there was one line in this movie that really stuck out to me where mark paul gosler who 
you know, Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, like outright says, like, I, I don't want my kids anywhere near like Hollywood. Right. Like that's why my kids don't act or do any, any of this stuff. I assume that like, it's one of those things where he probably sees it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I would imagine like maybe when they're in college, maybe they could study acting and get into it as adults. But yeah, it's, it's like, kind of like you said, it's, it's framed in here as like an adult business. And as a kid that can just be really tough, uh, very, very, very tough. And it makes me wonder like if it's, if it's okay, you know, to put kids through this sort of thing. And, and additionally, I would say that it's, it's something I've complained about where I'm like, Oh, the, the teenagers in this movie, they, they're all, they're casted by people in their late twenties. And I, I guess I've come around in recent years to be like, maybe that's for the best. I don't know. Um, but yeah, kid 90, I, I'm, I'm a, a B on this film. I, I think it's worth, worth checking out for sure. What about you? I'm not too far from you. I'm a B minus on it. Like I said, I think it is a solid documentary. I, I do think overall what it explores is very interesting and heartfelt. And I do think, uh, soul or sorry, Soleil moon fry. Like she really, you know, I think this was a very personal, meaningful, uh, experience for her. I just wish I think it got the full experience out of this. I just feel like the, the, the package we got here is fairly condensed. There are some very powerful moments in here, but by and large, it just kind of feels like there's a meatier, more meaningful documentary that, that didn't really get fully realized here. But what we do got in the 71 minute package, I think is a solid film. And, and I think it will resonate with people who are interested in the subject matter. So it's worth recommending, but one that I think ultimately could have been a little bit better than it ultimately was. I agree. I, I agree. Most of the, most of it, just a little bit more positive. And I think that, yeah, I'm very happy for Selman Fry as well. I think she has a very uplifting story and it's sold pretty well here. So yeah, a smooth 71 minutes. This has been the week of like, everything has been kind of short except for Cherry. <laughs> but yeah, it's just 71 minutes long, an hour 21. You can definitely squeeze it in pretty easily. It's available to stream right now on Hulu. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.